0: But yeah the uh, this bit's been awesome to be here uh you know it's uh if, for those of you who don't know me my name is david de Los santos uh me and my beautiful gorgeous spiritual wife uh, i'm just so blessed amen uh, i feel the same way though i was with you there on um, i was like i just got encouraged by that i mean i'm welcomed i was like we can go home now <laughs> we are welcome was, uh, anyway uh you know i it's, it's weird, though, being here, uh, don't tell my mom, just promise you won't tell my mom, but I don't miss home. Uh, I miss my mom, but uh, it's 50 degrees in Minneapolis. What, what is going on in the world today? Uh, but amen, hey, man, it's, it's just crazy, uh, you know, it, it's a BA, uh, I've never actually lived out of Minnesota before for, uh, for more than uh, about five months, so this is, uh, what are we on, 6th? Well, yeah, well, I guess I haven't marked that. But <laughs> well, either way, uh, you know, if, it's uh, you know, it, it kind of missing my family. But I, you know, it's it's cool to kind of be uh, you know part of the family here. And uh, you know, back home, just thinking about um, you know, my brother is, is over over Minneapolis, and so my sister is in California. Uh, I had a, I'd actually had a younger sister when I was uh, younger. She actually passed away when she was about eight years old. But but you know, she uh, she's in heaven, right? Amen. Uh, a lot worse places that you could be. So um, I, I think, uh, you know, but it, it's been cool to just kind of, uh, you know, as you go through life, you kind of have to reflect on things that are kind of uh, have, have been in your past that can hurt you or uh, where you feel like, you know, maybe I haven't, you know, mourned through this or whatever. But as a kid, she, uh, she actually had, uh, it's, it's pretty unusual to die from epilepsy, uh, but she actually uh, had a seizure one night and passed away in her sleep. Um, but she's in heaven, so I, I think that's the way that I deal with it, which, um, but you know, it, seizures, um, are a scary thing. Uh, maybe you have, you have had a seizure before. Maybe you've known someone who has had a seizure before you've seen it happen. Uh, and there's all different types of seizures. There's, there's kind of staring seizures. There's seizures where you might just, you know, drift off. Maybe some people have a seizure here too in their life. Uh, she usually had them every day. Uh, a couple wow. times a day, and uh, usually they were grand mal seizures. And for for those of you who don't know what a grand mal seizure is, uh, that's where it, uh, imagine your your brain, and uh, it's a light switch, right? And so your your brain is on. Uh, imagine it just turns off, and you can still breathe, you can still do certain things, but you, your whole body just starts shaking. And, uh, and just as a kid, I I remember seeing sometimes her. You know what would happen is her, her eyes would roll back in her head, and uh, and she would just convulse. Uh, and it was so scary. A lot of times as a kid, I, I couldn't even I couldn't even look. I think, and it was always our responsibility to tell our mom when it was going on because she had the volume and things like that. But I, it was it was scary as a kid just because I I didn't know what was going to happen. I, you know, and a lot of times when she went to the she went to the hospital pretty typically, uh, but you never knew. You know. If she was going to come out, and, and so it was just this constant, and it was hard on my parents and everything like that, and uh, it, it always, it just produced, every time you saw a seizure, it, it, was, it was just terrifying. Now, I didn't know how to react, I wanted to look away, um, and sometimes I, I think in, in life we can have similar circumstances, right? Uh, we can have moments where it's just something that maybe happens all the time, but you just don't even want to look at it you know sin or failure or whatever it is you look at it and you just go this is just too much for me and uh you know the disciples had a similar scene here uh there's there's something where they you know they should have been able to uh it it's a it's a really scary scene and i think sometimes we can read over passages in the bible where it's it's a truly terrifying thing to have experienced but we read this we can read the gospels like it's fiction sometimes and it's not fiction it really happened you know and I, I think just how much even more terrifying it would have been to know that what Amanda was going through was demonic i mean I can't imagine especially putting myself in my parents' shoes like seeing that happen and just the the fear uh, but i that was just a physical ailment. imagine a spiritual ailment and this is a, a moment where the disciples really failed to keep the faith though through the circumstance, and they should have had the power to that they should have been able to this is something they'd They'd probably been familiar with. Maybe it wasn't. But either way, they had the power to overcome it. But they just didn't have something and they fail. And this is in verse 37. In chapter 9 of Luke. 8, of Luke. And if we can really just take a moment and really put ourselves in their shoes here. And understand that sometimes when we hear this, these words from Jesus, it's it's something that is inspiring, but... Almost on surface, it seems like, well, why does He say this? Let's read the passage, and then we'll pray and jump into the sermon. Here. Uh, in verse 37. The next day, so after the transfiguration from last week, the, the next day, uh, when they came down from the mountain, a large crowd met Him. Just then, a man from the crowd cried out, Teacher, I beg you to look at my son because he's my only child. Often a spirit seizes him. Suddenly he shrieks. And it throws him into convulsions until he foams at the mouth. Wounding him, it hardly ever leaves him. I begged your disciples to drive it out, but they couldn't. Jesus replied, You unbelieving and rebellious generation, how long will I be with you and put up with you? Bring your son here. As the boy was still approaching, the demon knocked him down and threw him into severe convulsions. But Jesus rebuked the unclean spirit cured the boy, and gave him back to his father. And they were all astonished at the greatness of God. If you can pray with me. Father, we come before you this morning. So many of us have things in our lives that we're just terrified to even look at. Much less believe that you could help us overcome it and have victory. And that we have the access to your amazing power that you've given us. And God, we know that there's so many things and times where we we come up with excuses or we feel like, well, this is different. But God, help us to understand that You are always the same. Even when situations are different, You are the same God. And You've always been amazing, powerful, able to do anything. I I pray for those of us in the room that that are struggling or having a difficult time and maybe even thinking about falling away. I, I pray for those of us who feel that way. That we can walk out of here feeling inspired and really understanding how amazing your power is. And I pray for those of us who think we're doing well. I pray that you can you can help us understand that we have nothing. We have no power without you. And that without faith we have no power at all. Because the only power comes from you. I pray for the sermon. Please, please help me. Uh, say what you want me to say here. And in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, uh, this, this story, the first time I kind of read it, it's, it's one of the shorter accounts. And, uh, in other accounts, it's a little bit longer. It's a little bit lengthy. And I was struggling with the text, like, well, what do we preach on? And I, I think I, I actually like that it's shorter in the Luke account because it just kind of, hey, this is what we're supposed to learn. Yeah. You know. Uh, but it, one of the first points is, uh, you, know, the, you see these, these faithless believers... Right? And that's definitely the first thing to kind of focus on is what we see as people is, is the disciples who, were, who had been given power. They've been given the power back in Luke 9. And maybe, you know, it's kind of tough to remember. But they were given the authority and the power to drive out demons. And they had before. So they'd already done this. Maybe it was more scary. Maybe they didn't know what they were doing. Maybe the sight was something they'd never seen before. Whatever it was. They had the ability and the experience, but they lacked the faith. And actually, if, if you look at that verse in 41 where it says, You know, you unbelieving and rebellious generation, or you faithless and perverse generation. Um, this is actually a, almost a direct quote from Deuteronomy 32. Uh, and the interesting thing about that is, is that this is what, where Yahweh is talking to the Israelites, and it's talking about the Israelites and, and how they were faithless. He had brought them out of Egypt, and he had, he had rescued them, the Red Sea. They were fired up, they were ready to go. And then when he said, okay, I want you to take this land, they were like, no. They, they didn't want to fight. And they were scared. And, and they, they lost their faith that they once had. And they had this big faith. And they had this, this big God. And then all of a sudden, God became small. And they didn't really see it anymore. They lost their faith. And obviously, faithless believers is an oxymoron, right? Um, and it's because it, it doesn't make sense. We're, we're believers, but we don't have faith? What? doesn't make sense and uh, you know there's uh i don't know if you guys remember this but jeff foxworthy uh i don't i don't really think he's funny but he did a uh he used to do a bit that was uh you you might be a redneck if and i think uh for me i had to search through how do i know if i'm a faithless believer you know and uh you know you might be a faithless believer if <laughs> so i made a little thing for you um but, you know Sometimes we can have all kinds of excuses for why, why we're not doing the right thing. It can scare us or whatever. But I think there's, you know, maybe you're not getting input from Christians because you just feel like they just don't understand you. Like the Will Smith song. Parents, they just don't understand, you know. Uh, I think sometimes we can, we can be faithless when it comes to getting input from other people in our lives. We can think that God is awesome, but disciples, you know, no one knows how to help me. Now, you get in a tough time in your life or you're having a financial difficulty or you're having a serious life crisis and you're scared to really get help. And you don't know what to do. And, and notice, who asks Jesus to help the Son? It's not the disciples. Now, maybe you're hitting marriage bumps and you're just saying, like, oh, we'll I'll always bump heads. This is just going to be the way it always is. It's just the way it is. Things will never change. <laughs> I don't know why I make the song references. I didn't plan for that, but uh but you know so sometimes it can be obviously you know i've I've only been married for six months, but uh, you know when you hear someone say, "We've been married for twenty eight years, that has a lot more meaning <laughs> than before you're married, you're like, 28 years, that's awesome you're twenty eight years, wow, that's amazing <laughs> amen, but I just think it's. It is awesome to be married, but it's... You know, once you get married, you're like, Wow, I really respect people who have been married for a long time. And it's awesome. But at the same time, do you have faith that it can be awesome? Uh, You know, you struggle with sin, that's just the way it is. You know, I'm always going to struggle with this specific sin. Uh, You know, maybe when called to serve, you're just like, I'm too busy. You have... Hey, help out with KKC. Can't. Why? Too busy. What does that mean? You know, and I know for me, it's, it's tempting after a long week or a long month, or you, you're having a, a day or two or a year, you just feel like you can do nothing right. All right, these are the disciples are going through the same thing. They're, they're, just have, they're having a hard time here. They're losing their faith. They just failed. It's, going, it's, even, it's just a downward spiral of faith. And sometimes we can get in that spiral, can't we? We just feel like we're failing in everything. At work, it's a hard time. You're not getting along in whatever it is. You're, you know you should be getting more discipling in your life, and then someone asks you to serve, you're like, I just, I'm just a failure at everything. I'm just going to fail at this too. Someone called to lead. Eh. Someone, someone believes in you. Someone's sitting down and saying, man, we think you could do so much more than you're doing. We think that God is, could really use you here. Ah, I don't know. What is that? What is that? You know, you don't pray before making big decisions. I don't know why I'm like acting like it's something new. You guys all see this stuff, but either way. I think, uh, you know, I, I know for me, that, that's a hard thing to do. I can depend on my own power, my own strength. Or I, I get more fired up to plan. Maybe I'm stressed out about something. I'm like, well, I, I just got to figure out a great plan. What about prayer? And it's so hard for me to pray because it can, it can feel like, well, what is this really going to do? This, does, this doesn't help me get a plan. It's just talking to God. That's not what prayer is for. That's absolutely what prayer is for. And I think for me, what I've had to struggle with, something that convicted me a couple of years back was when I, someone, someone was like, have you really prayed about this situation? And I felt like I was having a struggle with a, a Bible talk that I was leading. It wasn't growing. People didn't want, really want to be there. It was just, it was, I didn't want to be there. Uh, and I remember just trying to, and we had to make some kind of big decisions on, you know, who was, who was really a disciple and who wasn't in the Bible talk. And I was And I was doing all the planning and having all these conversations and reading through the Bible, looking at how Jesus did things. What did Jesus do before big decisions? He prayed. And if we make big decisions in our lives, if we approach our lives, if we approach our days, if we approach... Anything in our lives without prayer, you're trying to be stronger than Jesus. That is not a good idea. And I, you know, and looking at that, the, the faithless believers is just is such a convicting thing because it's like, what areas in your life have you really sat down and thought about that recently in quiet time? You no, know, what is that thing that you just say it's too much? Or I can't. You say God can't. What is that for you? What is that thing where you, you come, you get scared, you fail, and then you just quit? What is it? We all have it. And even when when I look at this story, I'm I'm convicted by the fact that they don't get a medal of participation. You know, and our culture is so it's, it's just this blowing up this idea of like, hey, you. You you try, good job. You know, it, it's like, I remember as a kid one time, we we won second place in the uh, in the championship, and they gave us this little plastic trophy thing. I was like, I don't want this. <laughs> I failed, but, um, you know, it's just a reminder of my failure. This doesn't, they're like, but you did a good job. And it's like, yeah, but we didn't win, you know, but hey, amen. I don't know how that contributes to the point, but either way, <laughs> I just wanted to share that frustration. Uh, why doesn't Jesus say, okay, well, you guys, you guys tried, good job, okay, now, and blah, blah, blah. Why does he get upset? No. And for me, well, why, does it, why don't they get a middle participation? It's because Jesus had high expectations for the disciples. And, uh, and that's the, the second thing, is that, you know, Jesus had higher expectations for these people. You know, the sad part is just because you're trying, it doesn't make you faithful, just because you're trying to do the works of God does not mean you have faith. You know, just because you know what God needs you to do does not mean you have faith. You know, we need to have faith because Jesus is with us. You know, and, and it's it, these higher expectations are, are hard to come by because it's, it's, it's such a, you know, and especially in this kind of have-it-your-way society, it's easy to kind of think that like, You know, our faith in God is kind of like a scale. Like it's kind of like, well, I have more faith and blah, 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 blah. But in in reality, Jesus says, if you have even a mustard seed of faith, you can move a mountain. What does that say about how much faith these disciples had? They had no faith. They had no faith in God. Maybe they had faith in themselves, maybe whatever it was. Maybe they thought, well, if I just keep trying and white knuckling my way through this thing, I can do it. But how many times I know for myself I can find myself in that stupid cycle of just white-knuckling my way through things and thinking, well, if I just try harder, well, if I just have a better plan, this will go better. Or maybe if I'm just in a different spot in life, I'll be happier. That's never the case. For me, I know that I have to set the expectations high for my faith. I have to believe in a big God. And I know that when I was baptized, I believed that God could do anything. I just thought God could just stop the sun, and I I read that in the Bible, and I was like, amen, that's the God that saved me. I was so fired up, and I thought, this is awesome, but then there was a time where, you know, I went through a time where I just didn't believe that. I had a difficult time. I fell in some sin. I, I just went back to right where I was before, and these disciples went right back to not believing in the power of Jesus. But they had to get themselves back. God had to, Jesus had to prove to them that, no, no, you know what? This is possible. And I believe that you guys can do this, not because of anything that you have, but because of the power that I've given you. Isn't that inspiring though? You know, sometimes we can read this verse or we can, we, we can, have a, we can get a rebuke or a correction from someone that, bro, you're faithless. And it's like, no, you know what? You just don't understand my life. You don't know my life. You didn't grow up where I grew up. You don't know the things I know. You have more money than me. Or you have this, you have that. You don't understand where I'm coming from. No, no, no. Jesus understands where you're coming from. And He still calls us higher, amen. And He expects us to believe that He is a big God. How big is your God? You know, and, and he says, How long will I be with you? How long will I put up with you? And for me, I had to ask myself, How long am I going to wallow in faithlessness? How long am I just going to set low expectations and meet them every single time and then be proud of myself? That's not faith. That's not faith at all. Well, how long are, are, are we just going to set low expectations for our Bible talks? Are you struggling with that? Maybe your Bible talk's on fire. Amen. Awesome. But I know that obviously in a, in a group this big, there's got to be a Bible talk where the expectations are low. I've been guilty of that so many times. And I remember calling a, not many people, Steve Stevenson, do you guys know? Amen. I was just kind of struggling. I was like, I don't know what to do, blah, blah, blah. And he, he was like, the, the biggest thing, if you set high expectations, that's the key to a lot of faith, is because sometimes we just think, well, God's going to do this much. So, well, I think maybe we'll just put the goal here. Sometimes we think God can do a lot, but we're afraid of being disappointed, so we set the standards low, but we have to remember that God does not want us to do that. God wants us to set big goals, to believe in big things, to have big dreams for God, not for ourselves, but how long are we going to have small dreams? We need to have big dreams, because God expects us to. You know, and and for myself, I I think just to, you know, Jesus expects us, uh, you know, for me and my wife, we're... um, for those of you who don't know, I, sometimes we announce this. I feel like every time we see people, but uh, you know, we're training here to go to Sri Lanka. And amen. And, uh, amen. <laughs> and uh, you know, and sometimes people will remind me that, like every time I see them, they're like, sometimes I'm getting advice, and and you know, they'll say something where they'll be like, and bro, I mean, you're going over to a third world country, and you're going to lead a church. <laughs> How are you going to do that, you know, or something like that, and, and or they'll be like, and you could do that, but even when people say that. It's just kind of, its another reality check of like, whoa, oh, you know. And it's like we fired up, and I'm fired up. But there's a lot of times maybe I seem like I'm fired up, and I just think like God is can do the impossible and all that stuff. But a lot of times I don't feel that. Yeah. A lot of times I'm scared. People say that they remind me of that, or it, it's like, man, can, can God really use us to do that? Wow. You know. And I remember as as we were moving here, we we kind of got everything um ready and we're moving out of the uh, out of our apartment and uh got everything cleared out and um you know and and there was just this moment of, of just kind of re- realizing what we were doing and we we're getting ready for and was all excited and we were trying to figure out what to get rid of and what to keep and all that stuff and it was kind of a lot of stuff and um uh, you know and I had to go back into the apartment to to kind of pick up something uh, that we'd left in the bathroom and I went in there, and uh, and I and I just saw the mirror, and uh, and it was a weird it was a weird time. I looked in that mirror, and I, I did not see a brave, confident, you know, faithful man. I just I don't know what it was, but in, in in that mirror, I just saw a a scared, naive boy. And I just had this just sinking feeling of like, what are we doing? And I had, I had, I guess I had never really felt that before until that point. I had moments of doubt, but all of a sudden, when we were standing, when I was standing there, I just, I just was like, "How are we going to do this? What if we fail? We're just going to be an example to everybody else. See, this is what happens when young people think they could do things. <laughs> We'd be like the poster children for other ministers. You know, I didn't know. I, you know, and, and we laughed, but it wasn't funny to me. <laughs> You know, and uh, even even at, at uh, even at my birthday party, we have people sharing. and It was so encouraging. And I remember Marshall was like, and I remember when I heard you guys were gonna go over there, and I was like, thought it was dumb. He was like, no, I thought it was brave. I didn't feel that at that time, that's for sure. And uh, and I just I, I just had this feeling of like, I can't do that. It's too late. We already got everything back. up. Uh, <laughs> You know, but I was like, how are we going to do that? And then I just had this just over and I'm just reminded that what does Jesus say at the end of the Great Commission? He says, and remember this, because it's something that we forget, that Jesus is with us always, every day, every day. On those days where you don't feel like he's with you, he is with you. And if you feel like you don't need him, he's not with you. Jesus expects us to have faith when it Feels when all of our feelings go against it. And that inspires me because that's God saying, you know what? No, you can do this. Not because of you, but because of me. God doesn't use us despite our weaknesses. God uses us because of them. To show that He is God. And we are not. We are far from it. But what does Jesus do after He notices this? He doesn't just rebuke them and go, Come on, guys, let's go. He shows them, He gives them a faith demo. You know, we see faithless believers in the stories. We see his expectations, but we see a perfect demonstration of faith. What does he say? He says, bring your son here. He does not quiver. He's not scared of the demon. He's not shaken up by his disciples' lack of faith. He says, you know what, we're going to get this done today. Today. Well, I'm not going to put this off for tomorrow. I'm not going to preach a sermon to these guys right now. I'm going to rebuke them pretty hardcore right now in front of everybody so that everybody can see this because this is a bad situation. But I'm going to fix this thing. He says, bring it here. And for me, that inspires me. He's just like, bring your son here. You know, he's like, bring it over here. There's a Mortal Kombat character that does that, but no one's going to know that, so I'm just going to move on and pretend like I didn't say that. Jesus does not hesitate... To go for the scary things. Yeah. He does not hesitate. He is not scared. He does not drop any sweat. Uh-huh. He does not let anything stand in his way, and that's what faith is. Yeah. Faith does not let anything stop it. Faith is not scared of the demon. Faith is not scared of what everybody else is scared of. Faith is not scared of what has failed. You know, and, and for some of us, I think we need to look at if, if we really looked at our lives, are we really a demonstration of faith? What? You know, and I'd I, I, I try my best to not use like I think sometimes we can have, we'll have done things in the past, we've made great decisions for God in the past and gone like, "I've earned my stripes, I've done my time." It's like Christianity is some kind of ranking where you, you lose responsibility as you do more. Well, back when I was younger, I did this. Or back at this time, I made this decision. And it was awesome. Wow, what about now? What about today? Jesus doesn't say, well, you guys did that before, so I'll let you off the hook this time. (laughs) Good job, guys. (laughs) He doesn't do that. He doesn't do that at all. Why? Because power without faith is useless. Power without faith. It's like a phone and this is a flawed analogy so you can hammer it all you want but when you have a phone even if you just have 10% of battery you can still make a phone call if you have 100% battery you can make a phone call if you have 10% you can, if you have 1% you can make a phone call but if you have no battery that phone's just a piece of junk now God's power is not a piece of junk no matter how you treat it or what you think of it God is still amazing however you can't use it if you don't have faith. And you know what, what? What is kind of the what is the kind of the walk away here? Because it, you know sometimes we can have these faithful situations, but we need to replace that with God's expectations of us—not the world's expectations, not our uh, dad problem expectations of us, whatever it is—but God's expectations of us, and that we can demonstrate that faith. And we can have faith because Jesus expects victory. Jesus expects victory, and so do I. I don't know what happened to the last slide okay Jesus expects victory therefore I do too and I think that that is the key to a lot of our problems in life sometimes it's especially as a you know if, if you're having a rough time as a, and especially for leaders it's difficult because if if you have life problems and then you're, you're leading other people and it's, and it's getting tougher or you feel like you're inadequate, you can blah, blah, and, and you can kind of, as a, as a Bible talk leader, or whatever capacity, as a family leader, as you're leading your family, it can get so stressful. And you cannot expect victory because of past circumstances. But if we look in Jesus' past, there are no failures. If we look in, 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 in the whole Bible, God never loses. Although we have lost in our lives, if we are on God's side and we have faith, no matter what it looks like, we have to have faith because God, that's what God expects. Even Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they said, hey, you know what, we are not going to bow down to your gods. But, and, he, and God is the power to save us from that fire, but even if He doesn't, we're still not going to bow down to that, those gods. We're still going to have faith that we're doing the right thing. Amen. And I, I think that's, that, that's the, the point is Jesus expects victory and so should we. And so should we. Sometimes we think, well, that's what God thinks. Well, that's what we think. Really expect the same thing. And just for kind of a last illustration, I just want to, uh, where's Bruce? Bruce, I just want you just really quickly up here. That'd be awesome. I want to show something. I promise this is the last thing. Okay. All right. These, Okay. Oh, oh, man. Okay. But these are... I always thought it'd be funny if we had, like, a Bruce Diggs app. Like, you could get him, like, delivery. Like, if we had... Like, Like, if you're having a bad day at work, like, order Bruce, you know? will pump you up at work. Anyway. Just a thought. Either way. Okay, so... Bruce. This is a piece of paper. All right. I want you... I really just need my notes. I've dropped them. And I need to it, but before before you do that, I, get it. I, get it. I just I just like no matter what happens here, I still believe in you. You know, I think uh, you know you're awesome. So, amen. Amen. Can you pick it? Amen. Okay. Awesome. Okay. Amen. Okay. Okay. Cool, bro. Okay. Um, out of faith, I drop my things again, but I just you know before you pick it up, I just you know make sure to use. You know, I know you do CrossFit, but use your legs because if you get your back into it, you know you might okay. break it. Or, you know, I just want to make sure. I just, I don't know if you could do it, but I just, I, I, don't know. I just, I, I mean, amen. If you don't pick it up, it's okay. But, amen. oh, awesome! Oh, thank you. You're oh, awesome! Thank you. Give a hand for Bruce. Just, <laughs> but hey, so how, how did you? How did you feel about the paper? Was it too heavy? No, was it wasn't heavy? Okay. At all. Oh, what did you? <laughs> Did you feel like my word? What did you feel about my what did What did my words express about your strength? That I could do it. That you could do it. Okay. Do you feel like there was maybe an element of doubt in me? Well, mm. <laughs> Yeah, there was a little bit. Yeah. doubt. Hey, man. Hey, and. Then, you know, but like when I, I mean, you do CrossFit, right? Yeah. I do. mean, you're a strong, I mean, I see you out there, you just picking people up. I mean, to doubt that you would pick up that paper, that's a little bit of an insult, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> amen. That's all, that's all. Amen. I mean. amen. Amen. Okay, amen. I thought of that this morning, so I don't know how well that went, but either way... I mean, Bruce is a strong guy. And God's a strong God. We've got to expect that God can do anything. And and if the smallest thing, helping your Bible talk grow. maybe Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's some sin in your life. But that God can help you lift that thing up and with no problems at all. Amen. Thank you so much. the same.